Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set so here's this terrifying angel, and I was trying to imagine it while I was studying. I don't know, was he huge? Was he our size? I don't know. I typically imagine he's this, this 200-foot-tall guy with a big sword just sweeping the floor with his sword, killing the people. So here's this angel. He executed destruction from Dan to Beersheba, all of Israel. Dan to Beersheba essentially means there is nowhere to run. There's nowhere to go, absolutely nowhere to go. But when he got to Jerusalem, the Lord intervened and said, Stop. And he sheathed his sword. Now, y'all, keep up with me. You better watch this. 2 Samuel 24 and 17. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, Surely I have sinned and I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. Now look, David's now doing what the Lord's telling him to do. Verse 19, So David, according to the word of the Lord, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Arana looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Arana went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Arana said, why has my Lord, the king come to his servant? And David said to buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Now Arana said to David, let my Lord, the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. He says, look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these, O king, Arana has given to the king. And Arana said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. Then the king said to Arana, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. What I'm getting at, there is nowhere to go except the sacrifice. That's the only place you're safe. That's the Lord's mercy right there. Satisfied with a sacrifice. Now, just for a quick mention, because I found it, and because skeptics will always try to trip you up, whenever I find one of these little things, I give it to you so that you can be better prepared. Verse 24, 
says that David bought the threshing floor for 50 shekels of silver, while 1 Chronicles says that he bought with 600 shekels of gold. This is not a contradiction in the word. There are no contradictions. I want you to be prepared to defend such a thing by knowing that David paid 50 shekels. He paid for the, he paid the silver for the threshing floor, but he paid 600 shekels of gold for the land that was all around the threshing floor. Problem solved. If anybody throws that at you, do a little research. There's a little more information than just one verse. Always know how to resolve those little things because people will try to trip you up with things like that, okay? Chronicles says that David was too afraid. If, again, you got some other reading to do in Chronicles, right? David was so afraid of the angel's sword that he would not go sacrifice where the tabernacle was. Because typically, that's where you went to do sacrifice, was where the tabernacle was at. But to get to the tabernacle, he had to make it past that angel. And he was too afraid to do it. So, since the angel was commanded to stop destroying at Jerusalem then that's where David went to make the sacrifice. That's the only safe place to make a sacrifice is where the Lord said, stop, no further, sheath your sword. So David went there to make a sacrifice at Arana's threshing floor. Now, what is a threshing floor? I have to define all these terms. A threshing floor is where grain is separated from husks. You do that with what's called a winnowing fan. It's like a wide basket and you've got all the, the, the raw grain stuff, and you throw it up in the air, and the wind catches the husk and blows it off, well, then the grain falls right straight back down into the basket. And so they would throw it up there and throw it up, and it would eventually separate everything. That's what you do with a winnowing fan. A winnowing fan was used at a threshing floor to separate grain apart from the chaff, to remove what is usable from what is not usable, to remove what is productive from what is not productive. That's what a winnowing fan is used for at the threshing floors. Matter of fact, Matthew 3.12 says about Jesus, it says, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is the Lord separating believers from unbelievers, separating the righteous who will be saved from the condemned who will be burned. Isaiah 66 and 16 says, for by fire and by his what? Sword. We saw that sword. For by fire and by his sword, the Lord will judge all flesh and the slain of the Lord shall be many. You don't hear that verse preached in powder puff churches, do you? But this is exactly the same as the angel who was slaying many with the sword of judgment. But King David intervened on Israel's behalf to pay for a sacrifice. Hello, the king got between the people and God's wrath to pay a sacrifice. Does that not sound like Jesus there? Oh, it does. Let that sink in for a minute. (laughs) I'm going to say it again because it's so good. The king intervened and paid for a sacrifice. Praise God. David got in between Israel and the coming judgment. Jesus Christ, our king, he intervened on our behalf by getting between us and the judgment of God that was coming to kill us, kill us for our sin. And he paid our sacrifice to pay for our death penalty, to save us. 
Romans 5 and 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. You see, the judgment comes up to the point of the sacrifice, and then God says, Stop. From Dan to Beersheba, everywhere, there ain't no place to run. There's nowhere to go except to that sacrifice. That's the only safe place is in Jesus Christ. The Lord is angry against sin and there will be great terror of judgment on the entire world everywhere. Like I said, from Dan to Beersheba, you ain't got nowhere to go except just one place. The only place you can go is where King Jesus interceded for his people at the threshing floor where the good will be separated from the bad. And it is at the cross of Jesus where the wrathful judgment will be commanded. Stop and sheathe your sword. Whoo, that's good. And when he says, sheathe your sword, as it said, when the sacrifice was done, the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Friends, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, the plague of sin withdraws from those who believe. Amen. John five twenty four. most assuredly, I say to you, He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Isn't God good to us? Oh, he's good to us. We deserve that death, that judgment. And one last detail about the threshing floor that I want to show you is in 2 Chronicles 3.1. It says, now Solomon, this is David's son, Now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor. Do you see that? Friends, the Temple Mount is the exact location where David built this sacrifice on the threshing floor. That's where that happened. That's where the threshing floor was at. The temple was built there for God to dwell in. And now because of Jesus bridging the gap for us sinners to come back to God, that temple now indwells us who believe. Do you see the significance of the temple mount and where that command was told, stop here. But guys, that stop here point is now in us. Judgment can't touch you if you're in Jesus because you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's where judgment and destruction is ordered. Stop. That's why I tell people the gospel, so you can be saved, so that judgment and the destruction of it cannot touch you. Salvation is a good deal, but never forget that it came at a huge cost. It was very expensive, astronomically high. Remember, David said he would not sacrifice with what cost him nothing. Did you know that your salvation had a cost to it? Huge cost. When David wanted to buy Arana's threshing floor to do sacrifice there, he said to him in 1 Chronicles 21, verse 22, he said, you shall grant it to me at the full price. The full price that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Full price. David wasn't going to get a 50% off deal. He says, this is too big. This is too important. Too many people's lives are at stake. I'm going to pay every bit of what this should cost. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. You are not your own, for you were bought 
at a price. And I guarantee you, Jesus paid full price to buy you out of the plague of sin. He paid full price so that the plague of sin would be withdrawn from his people. The angel's sword was commanded to stop at the sacrifice. Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? You see how I'm showing you the gospel in the Old Testament? <laughs> Everybody loves how the destruction was commanded to stop at the sacrifice. Oh, that's so great. Hallelujah. It had to stop at the sacrifice. They love that part. That's the part everybody wants. They want to be in the place where destruction can't touch me. But if you are truly in that place of sacrifice, then it should cause you to be a sacrifice yourself. That's the part people don't want. Save me, Lord. Praise God. But I don't want to be a sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says... I'm teaching you how to synchronize to the king, okay? Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is reasonable service. This is not being unreasonable to ask for. We should do this. We need to consider what David said about a sacrifice. He said, I will not sacrifice with that which costs me nothing. Friends, sacrifice will cost you. Everybody wants the king's salvation, but they don't want to align to the king's standard. Because today, people don't want anything that will cost them. The attitude we have today, and you know what's out there, is gimme, gimme, gimme. Everybody's got their hands out looking for what they can get out of God. Lord, bless me. Oh, Jesus, bless me. What has the Lord got to give me? Oh, salvation's free. Yes. Oh, give me that too. Give me everything. But remember how we saw in the text how wrong it was that when David was confronted with trouble, he did not inquire of asking the Lord. He resorted to doing things his own way by counting the people. You remember that? I don't need to ask you, God. Let's go count the people. That's my way. Count the people, count the people. So then who are we when we are confronted with trial to not ask the Lord how he wants to handle it, but we resort to doing things our own way by counting our money. Oh, I got this problem. Oh, what's in the bank? Let's count that money. Count the money. Count the money. Wait a minute. Did God tell you to do that? Well, I got to see if my money's big enough to fix my problem. You should know that God's big enough to handle that problem. If it was iniquity for David, it's iniquity for us. Rather than living as a sacrifice. Lord, this is going to take something out of me, I know it. Okay, Lord, what do you want to do? I've heard people on more occasions than I can count with big problems, and their answer is, if I could just make a little more money, I can get myself out of this problem. That's the iniquity. Iniquity is not just, oops, I made a mistake. It's not, oh, I ran a stop sign. Oh, well, it's more than that. It's about how most people predetermine how they're going to take on every problem they encounter. Let's see if I have enough money to beat this one today. They wake up predetermining. I'm going to go after every problem in my life with money. I'm going to work overtime. I'm going to get a second job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, do this, and this. And I'm going to count this. And I'm going to work up and work up and build up. And I'm going to take care of all those problems. And they never ask God, how do you want to deal with this? 
How do you want to deal with it, God? They never ask. That's iniquity. Friends, we got to stop that. It comes back bad. We are supposed to present ourselves a living sacrifice. It's so easy to fall into iniquity when we live in a culture that has their hands out looking for what they can take for themselves. Because we live in a very iniquity-filled society today. You cannot sacrifice with that which costs you nothing. David said that. Sacrifice will cost you. Friends, we need to get back to inquiring of the Lord again. And we have to be willing to accept His answer when He tells us it's going to cost us. You know times are coming that it's going to cost us Christians. David says, I won't sacrifice with what won't cost me anything. we got to get that same perspective back. It's going to cost us. I want to show you, though, some reassurance in this. In Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Whoa. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because remember, the destruction said, stop at that sacrifice, sheath your sword. Yeah, sacrifice is going to cost you. And we're killed all day. There are people telling me all day, ridicule this, ridicule that. They're really criminalizing me. I'm the bad guy. I'm being killed all day as the Christian. But from Dan to Beersheba, there's no other place I'd rather be than in that sacrifice with that indwelling Holy Spirit that I got from my Lord, right? We're being killed all day. But this is our reasonable service. This is not unreasonable, like there's something wrong with it. It's reasonable. If, the, if King Jesus died for me, I should die all day for him. That is my reasonable service. We are conquerors. It doesn't say you're defeated through Jesus. It says you're conqueror. What cost me? Yeah, but you're a conqueror. Hello? (laughs) They're not taking anything from you that God hasn't sealed on you. So don't be upset about what the world takes. Be joyful about what Jesus gives. I think that's where our perceptions got off somewhere. Don't be upset about what the world takes. Be joyful about what Jesus gives. Through sacrifice, we can synchronize ourselves to the standard of the king and are made more than conquerors. Ephesians 5.2 And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Jesus was a sacrifice for us, so let's be a sacrifice for him. People are going to cut you down. People are going to take advantage of you. People are going to make you out to be the bad guy among lots of people. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to ridicule you. Yeah, okay. But they did the same thing to Jesus on the cross. And you know where your reward's at. And you know the destruction can't touch you if you're indwelled. So Don't be concerned about what people say about you. Be concerned what God says about you. If if you're struggling with how to learn to be a sacrifice, let me share with you that when David finally confessed his sin, the Lord gave him a choice on how judgment would be executed. 
We are all sinners. The Lord has given us a choice on how the Lord will execute judgment on our sin. He, le- he leaves that for you to pick it. You can choose to either reject Jesus' sacrifice, which is the only place God gave you safety from destruction from, or you can make a smart choice like David made when he said, please let me fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercies are great. That's your choice. Try to deal with it yourself. You will end up condemned. Fall into the mercy of the Lord and you will be saved. There's your choice. God gives you a decision on how you want this sin to be dealt with. I pray you give your life to Jesus Christ. Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. Friends, right now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. From Dan to Beersheba, there's no place to run except there at the threshing floor at the sacrifice. Align yourself to the standard of the King, King Jesus, and then you will experience what David said when he wrote in Psalm 23, verse 3, he restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You are not worthless, you are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Father, we thank you so much that you gave us one place to get out. From Dan to Beersheba, from New York to L.A., no matter where we went, there was nowhere to go. But you gave us one place in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ where we could be saved from that destruction. And you commanded the destruction, stop and sheathe your sword. Lord, I pray for anybody who has just realized they need to make Jesus their Lord because they're afraid of this judgment, that they can get in, the, in Messiah Jesus and be saved. He's the one place, the one place you gave us that choice to escape it. And friend, if you're hearing me and you want to do this, pray with me. Father, I have sinned. I have done foolishly. Forgive me of my sins and remove the iniquity, the drive to want to do it. I give you my life, Lord Jesus, take over. I want your sacrifice that you have done for me. Thank you that you did it. And now I know at the threshing floor, I will be gathered into the barn and I will not face the fire. Thank you, Father God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And we are done with 2 Samuel, the whole book. Somebody out there heard me, you heard the Word of God here on YouTube or the the radio, and you thought, that's convincing, but I'll think about it. I've got errands to run and things to do. Realize you may not make it home from your errands. And you really didn't quite hear me out, and I need to hit you one more time. This could be your last warning. This is your opportunity, your choice to get right with Messiah Jesus. All I'm trying to say is we are sinners and destruction's coming and you need to get in that sacrifice. Dan to Beersheba, you have nowhere to run. Later means no. Not right now means no. I'll think about it means no. There's only one answer that means yes, and that is to submit your life to Jesus Christ. I'm pleading with you one last time to give your life to Jesus and make it real. I leave it with you and God, I've did my part. You need to make a decision right now. Time is ticking. Messiah Jesus is coming back.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.